Hello and welcome to Freedom and Four Paws, the show where we hear inspiring stories from amazing people travelling the world and living their best life, often with their pets in tow. From slow mads to digital nomads, house and pet sitters, expats and families with their dogs on the road. In this podcast, find out how travel can truly set you free. Hello, it's Cooper and Sarah. When we made the decision to move back to the United Kingdom after spending more than two and a half years in Australia, there was no way we were going to leave behind our little two-year-old Westie in London. So the answer to the question, is it really easy to relocate a puppy from Australia to the other side of the world? Well, if you want the honest answer, no. no. It's really expensive and there's a lot of planning, preparation and stress involved. Mm. So in this video, we're going to show you how to transport a pet from Australia to the UK. But before we go on, we are Sarah and Cooper from TravelLiveLearn.com or YouTube.com TravelLiveLearn. We talk a lot about gathering freedom through travel, um, creative living and remote working. If you have that kind of adventure on your horizon, do subscribe for more details. So we're going to show you step by step the process when it comes to relocating a pet internationally. We've broken it up into five pieces. The first one is to make contact with your local vet. Uh, London's been going to the same vet since we had him as a puppy and it's really important why, Sarah? Well, um, and I, we have to give Kirsty and the team at Tawong Family Vet a shout out because they are awesome. Hopefully you, you have a local vet, but even better if you have a trusted vet like mm. we did. It's really important. You need to make sure that your dog is able to make that journey. Yes. We're not the experts on that. We wanted to talk to Kirsty, um, who has known London since he was a baby. Our first step was to book a consultation with her to have a chat about this opportunity and to get her to um, A, have a look at London to see what, and London's just, I don't know if you can hear that banging in the background where he's walked through his dog door. He's left us here, by the way. Check to make sure London is in good health, mm. um, that he is generally fine to travel. So that was the one part of the conversation we wanted to have with Kirsty. The other part of the conversation, as I'm sure you can anticipate, mm. is the flight. Now, it's an extremely long way. He's never been on a plane before. So we wanted to talk to Kirsty about um, what the process is for getting a dog prepared to fly but also to have a bit of a chat about um, assessing if London might be an anxious flyer and also to talk about the options around um, so you may or may not know that you can no longer sedate dogs when they're flying. It, the reason for this is when dogs yeah. are sleeping they don't drink water and they become dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And I was also mm. reading that they can like flop around and potentially hurt themselves if they're a bit out of it so there's no sedation, but there's potentially the option to talk to your vet about um, a program of um, anti-anxiety medication that leads up to the flight. And then once you're in your destination and, and they maybe like are adjusting to the change, once that's that you're through that period to taper um, your puppy dog off, but that's entirely your choice um, and to talk to your vet about those options. Okay, step two is choosing a pet carrier and accredited pet 
pet carrier to transport your dog from Australia to England? In Australia, there's a few key ones. They include um, Jet Pets, Aero Pets, and Pet Traveller. Um, oftentimes, your vet will have a favourite um, provider, and we had a couple recommended to us, but we did our own independent research and um, looked at the websites, looked at the reviews, um, and we have decided to work with Pet Traveller. The reason for this one, for us, our personal decision, um, in in our conversations with um, all the carriers, so we, we sent messages to the, the main ones, we got quotes back. The quotes are pretty much all similar. Um, we preferred the itinerary for this one. Now, London isn't able to fly direct from, from Brisbane to London. Obviously, if you can get a direct flight, that is much preferred. Mm. But with London, his are going to be broken up. He'll be doing a stopover in Dubai, mm. which means he gets a comfort break. And a comfort break is where they go to a pet hotel, they're taken out of their crates, um, they're fed, watered, are taken for a walk. Um, the dog's clean and the crate's clean, if it needs to be. But we were quite surprised to find that some of the um, companies weren't giving the dogs a comfort break, they were just sort of leaving them in the cage during transit and then they just put them on another plane and then send them straight off to the United Kingdom. And I Kingdom. guess, just to clarify though, some of that's beyond the company's control. Um, it depends what country they're landing mm. in. Um, and it's not like a representative from the pet carriers are with your dog the whole time. They are working with partners, you know, in yes. <clears throat> Singapore, Qatar, um, Dubai, wherever the puppy dogs end up or your cats or um, whatever you are transporting. For us, it was a personal preference, um, as, as Cooper was saying, to um, maybe take a slower route, but go the route where um, London is not left somewhere in storage or hold or whatever the airline term is mm. um the the route so he will be picked up in brisbane he will go to sydney um for a, a pet uh, sorry Medical. a vet check yep. <laughs> a final vet check um then they fly to dubai i believe there is a custom built pet hotel at the dubai airport which is one of the reasons why this is a a nice route but yeah gets out of the crate most importantly um before taking his next journey and they're only in the crate when they're being transported to the plane in the plane and when they land and they're taken straight out of the crate which is really really important yes yes because it's it's long enough as it is and it has caused some tears for us <laughs> thinking about it Hey fellow travel and pet lovers, if you've found your way here, we wanted to let you know that there's even more great free resources available for you to make the most of your house sitting, pet sitting and digital nomad experiences. Join thousands of other like-minded people in our Facebook group. Head on over to our page, it's Travel Live Learn and follow the links to our group from there. Once you've done that, Hop on over to travellivelearn.com and sign up for our free VIP mailing list and you'll score a host of excellent freebies. We've got terrific guides in there on house sitting and pet sitting. There's cheat sheets, there's copy templates that enable you to craft your winning pet sit application. We've got a house sit guide template in there as well. Now these are all the questions that you need to have answered before you sit somewhere. And in a handy twist of fate, if you're a homeowner, as well as a pet sitter perhaps, this will also double as a welcome guide that you can um, offer pet sitters coming to your home to stay. And finally, there is an exclusive 25% off code to join trusted house sitters. All the details are at travellivelearn.com. 
Okay, step number three, when you've chosen your pad carrier, it's important that you consult with them, ask a lot of questions and find out what the actual process is involved. And we expect that all the carriers are pretty much the same. Yes. Give you full details on what you need to do in terms of um, arranging the crate for your um, little bubba to be um, transported in, um, time frames for, for when you need to do various things like get vaccines or health checks um, and also they'll advise on, on the process for applying for a spot on the airline. Um, unfortunately now your dog or cat or your pet um, can't necessarily be on the same no. flight with you. So Sadly. the process that, that we've been talked through so we have been told that it's around the 15th of each month where these airline applications get put through to the airline. So today, London's um, application will be sent off to um, via Pet Traveller to the airlines to find out um, where he might be able to be slotted in for his trip. Now, as part of the application that they talked us through, we had to give a date range. So we've given about um, seven, a seven day date range in February for when ideally he could fly. We don't find out until no. basically the last week of this month, and it's the same for every month that you might be applying for, what flight or flights that he's been, he's been booked onto but you're encouraged to have a backup plan for where your pet can stay if you have to fly first or if your pet gets to the destination before you who is going to look after him or her so your pet um, carrier will talk you through this whole process um, and we are actually still going through it in terms of um, airline application and finding out when little london will be on a flight to the uk Okay, step number four, which is crucial, your dog cannot fly yeah. unless it has a rabies vaccination. And there are only a certain uh, number of vets who are accredited to do this. The advice given to us was basically, if you're thinking about going at all, um, just get the rabies vaccine when it's available. Because they're valid for two years, aren't I they? I think so, yeah. yeah, I think so. Because we had, um, again, a bit of a, well, quite a huge panic. <laughs> Because Late last year. Australia-wide, we couldn't believe it. Mm. There was a rabies vaccine shortage. And yeah. we phoned up a lot of the vets uh, around Brisbane, um, the Gold Coast, Toowoomba, all in our area, and they all had the same answer. They were still waiting for the supply to come in. The airline application that we were just talking about before, that that is unable to progress until mm. you present the um, rabies vaccine um, certificate. We were, you know, so grateful when <laughs> the vet here um, gave us a call to say, hey, you're good. Um, so we rushed to London over for his rabies vaccine and we were good to go. But yeah, get on those lists early. That is one thing you really need to crack on with. A shout out to all our fellow creative travellers out there who've taken your work on the road. How awesome is it to have the freedom to live, travel and work wherever we want, whenever we want. Now, house and pet sitting as a way of life is something we talk a lot about on Freedom and Four Paws. And we know that many of you who are living this lifestyle are also what we'd call digital nomads. We're constantly blown away by the inspiring stories we hear from people all around the world who have embraced this type of lifestyle and importantly, are successful at it. There are so many amazing stories out there. Is yours one of them? If you're a digital nomad or creative who's taken your work on the road and you want to get your story out there but not sure how, our partner team at Exhale Media Group want to help. 
Exhale Media Group's mission is to help you tell your story so you can continue to inspire others to achieve freedom. Yep. If this sounds like you, get in touch if you want support with designing your own channels like a blog or social media to share your story. Maybe you need to create a strategic communications or project plan for your business development. Exhale Media Group can help. Do you want advice on how to score PR and media opportunities so you can share your stories for the world to hear? Exhale Media Group can sort you out with that too. Exhale Media Group can help you to develop a content calendar to ensure your channels are always brimming with relevant, helpful content that showcases the inspiration you're bringing to the world. And they can provide personalised storytelling coaching to help you find your confidence, voice and story. All the details you need are over at exhalemediagroup.com. Send an inquiry and mention the Freedom and Four Paws podcast for 20% off any purchase service. Visit exhalemediagroup.com. And finally, step number five, crate train your dog. Now, Pet Traveler or the company you've chosen, they'll send you a crate for the specific size of your dog. Unfortunately for us, we were sent a crate, but our little dog, London, within decided the six week period, decided to grow. Because you've got to send photos to Pet Traveler, who then send those photos to the airline, mm. and they decide whether or not um, that is big enough for your mm. dog. Unfortunately, ours wasn't, so we had to get another one sent to him. But remember, your dog's going to spend a long time in that crate so you need to make sure that they are comfortable so at first we weren't worried about this because London we crate trained London when he was a puppy he always used to go he into his it. crate it was his yeah. little cave happy cave um, for some reason he doesn't seem to love the new crate as much as he did his original crate mm. from when he was a baby. I don't know. I mean, he'd had that other crate. It was it was nice and roomy, and he'd had it ever since he was a baby. So we don't know what the difference is, but we've done, you know, we've done everything. We've put his bed in there. We do notice that he's much happier in there with his actual usual, like, um, anxiety, fluffy bed that kind of, like, is that sort of material. But it's pink. <laughs> it's pink. That's my doing. He goes in there to sleep when we put his bed in there. Um, we had... A huge wake-up call didn't we about um, four weeks ago when we tried so he was he was sleeping in there he was completely fine was fine yes we decided to shut the door overnight just to you know get him used to it he didn't like that no um, he slept in there and he was fine but he like barged out when we opened the door in the morning but then when we tried to pop him in that evening he wasn't having a bar of it, so there were tears from me. And I'm like, oh, he's never going to go in. We can't force him. He's going to, you know, he's not happy in there. Uh, we slowly started to work with him. We'd leave little treats in there. So he'd go in yep. by himself to find a nice surprise. At night, he is sleeping in there yeah, by himself. Yeah, he's happy to go in there. And during yep. the day, just to get London used to the fact that he's going to be in a crate, he's going to be in foreign surroundings. Pet travellers will pick him up, take him to the airport. So we put the crate in the back of the car, and then we go for drives. We start off with a short drive first and make the drives a bit longer but at the end of each um, drive we always make sure there's something special for London yeah. we might go to a park or a beach and he Play always knows that puppy. when he gets out there's something fun there the lovely vet that we were talking about earlier Kirsty, she um, and her team at Tuong mm. Family Vet actually went to um, a, a workshop earlier this year where they were talking a lot about this exact situation and so she called us after she she talked yeah. to the experts in this area and said gradually 
gradually move the crate to different modes of transport. So start in your car, take them for short rides, then try and um, lengthen, uh, extend the length of time. Um, so I think Coop uh, Cooper, <laughs> London's been on drives for about an hour, an hour and a half, mm. um, but then like three or four hours all up on a day. The next part we're going to hire a van. Yes, and it's a bit noisier. The the van, mm. So it's a bit noisier and it's very similar to the pet traveler van who picked them up. Now we saw one of the pet travelers pick up a dog um, at a cafe just opposite where we live they had the air conditioning on and I said oh where's the dog going mate and he <laughs> says off to Singapore a shorter trip for, for that little yes. puppy lucky him the other piece of advice if you have the opportunity which um, the vet had given us is if possible um, to do the same process with the mm. crate in a, in a vehicle but with friends or family members so that um, your dog can get used to the fact that even if he goes in a crate, he or she goes in the crate with someone else in the car or driving, you're on the other end, which is what will eventually happen when we yes. all are reunited in the UK. <laughs> Keep an eye out for part two. Uh, we will cover the journey and let you know what the outcome is. Um, we, will, we are eagerly awaiting, um, you know, the outcome as well. So we will share that with you. And I apologise, there may be tears before he leaves and upon arrival. Yeah. If you found this video helpful, please make sure you hit the subscribe, like and notification button. Thanks for joining us on the Freedom and Four Paws podcast. This production has been inspired by our awesome Facebook community. Join the group by searching Pets and House Sitting Travel and Digital Nomads or find the group via the link on our Facebook page, Travel Live Learn. This podcast is brought to you by TravelLiveLearn.com. Visit the site today to find out more about this podcast, access show notes, and sign up to our mailing list for free house and pet sitting application templates guides and a 25% off registration code for trusted house sitters. If you love this content and want more of it, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. You can find us on YouTube too. Look up Travel, Live, Learn. Until next time, give your pet a pat from us and say yes to that next adventure.